Monday night and it's 6 p.m. on this fine radio station. You can hear this fine radio show. This is Real Talk Memphis. And I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Very happy to uh, be here with you on this evening. I wanted to uh, uh, make sure you were all paying attention. So I sort of flipped the script a little bit at the beginning of the show there. I kind of liked the way that uh, turned out. Ladies and gentlemen, along with myself, Marquette is back in the house. He is producing on the ones and twos tonight. Adam is here as well. So the gang is all here. I hope that wherever it is you are, whether it is uh, here in Memphis or Shelby County or somewhere outside of this area, uh, you are going to be able to spend a few minutes with us this evening on this uh, fine piece of radio broadcasting uh, hopefully, we'll, uh, you'll think we'll have a pretty good uh, show uh, tonight. Uh, we have uh, three uh, pretty good guests, and I'm looking forward, of course, uh, to the conversation. Now, uh, if you are trying to find us, of course, locally on 91.7 FM WYXR, and, of course, you can uh, catch us on the TuneIn app, put in WYXR, you can also go to wyxr.org, the website, and check us out, either live or uh, later on as they archive all of the shows. And uh, you can also uh, check us out via podcast. Uh, the show is a podcast now, and uh, you can check us out on wherever it is you get your podcast. Now, having uh, got all of that out of the way, uh, down to it. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope you've had a good week. It's been seven days since we have, uh, uh, you know, been in the same place at the same time, you know, via the airways here. So I hope everybody is uh, doing well, feeling well, living well, and, uh, you know, staying well. Uh, as I said uh, a few minutes ago, have a good, uh, a pretty good guest uh, listing lineup tonight. Uh, I will share that in a minute. But first, if you are celebrating a birthday, an anniversary or a special occasion. Congratulations to each and every one of you. Two uh, mentions at the top. Today is International Women's Day. So, uh, you know, when you see someone that you know who's a female, greet them with that and see how they respond. It is International Women's Day. So 
Happy International Women's Day to one and all out there. And also here in the city of Memphis, it is Black Restaurant Week, Black Restaurants Week, I should say. It started yesterday, so I think there's, I don't know, there's probably a dozen or so that are on the list. You can go to the website, you can always check it out and see and patronize some of these businesses because I went to the website today and they have some really, really, really good looking food, so... Uh, it will be going on all week long. Uh, I was out and about today, and uh, this afternoon, folks didn't want to act right on the highways, man. I, I tell you, I mean, when I tried to go one direction, of course, it was, you know, two lanes were blocked, and you have to get off here and do this. And then as I was coming back or heading down this way toward the station at the uh, Crosstown Concourse, uh, there was another incident on the interstate, so I had to like take the long way around. But I got here safe, sound, and in one piece. That's always a, a good thing. All right, on to some news and notes uh, for this Monday. Uh, this day, one year ago, 365 days ago, uh, was the first reported case of COVID-19. 365 days, one year ago today was the first reported case of COVID-19. Unfortunately, since then, we have lost over 1,500 of our brothers and sisters and family members, friends and colleagues uh, through this uh, pandemic and this deadly disease. And, of course, you know, we stop uh, and uh, pay homage and say a prayer uh, for each and every one of them and particularly those uh, who have been affected by the loss. Uh, COVID's still with us. Uh, numbers are coming down, yes. Vaccinations are going up, yes. And if you are of age and in the particular categories uh, that they reference uh, here, meaning the health department, uh, and uh, of course the city of Memphis is dispensing the vaccines, but uh, if, if you are in any of the categories, Get your vaccine. Get your vaccine shot. Please do that, okay, because obviously it will help you, but more importantly, it will help others. And eventually, if we help enough of each other, we should maybe be trying to be get back to some normal, you know, living conditions, maybe by the end of the year, maybe by the first next year. So it all depends on you now. Uh, I can say that I have had my first COVID-19 uh, shot. Uh, it did not hurt. Uh, my arm hurt a little bit afterwards. but uh, So one down, one to go. But I feel good now. Uh, got some protection going. And uh, I would very strongly urge you all to do the same. Let's see here. Uh, in terms of the academic side of the, of the ledger, Shelby County Schools welcome back middle and high school students today. Last week it was the little ones. Today it was everybody else. So... Uh, you know, everybody is fully back uh, in school, in the classroom, at least those that wanted to be uh, from the student perspective. Uh, teachers, all of them had to report. So hopefully uh, things will go smooth between now and the, the rest of uh, uh, the school year. By the way, uh, did you guys know that uh, this weekend is uh, daylight savings time? The clocks change like Sunday morning which means spring forward, which means you lose an hour of sleep. But on the back end, you gain more, you know, light in the evening, and you can already tell it's, it's, it's after 6 o'clock and it's still light outside. So, yeah, uh, don't forget about that this weekend as well. Um, let's see here. Uh, wanted to say, let's see, I talked about the vaccinations. There's 525,000-plus people who have died of COVID-19 in this country. 
so let us not forget that this uh, virus is still active. There are variants that are active as well. So please, 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 please um, go out and uh, get your shot. And, and in the meantime, continue to wear your mask. I know people are angry about that because Mississippi has decided no more mask. And Texas this week has decided no more mask. So uh, with the variants in uh, certain states seeing an increase in cases, let's just see how that all plays out uh, between now and then. So did anyone happen to see the Meghan Markle, uh, Prince Harry interview last night with the Queen of Talk, Oprah Winfrey? Um, I was I think I heard somewhere around 17, 18 million people actually watched that. And I watched uh, some of it myself last night. And I, I got to tell you, um, it was pretty eye opening and it was pretty revealing. And I will tell you that uh, I don't think anybody had uh, any reason to not tell the truth or or say what really happened uh, because those two were in it and those two know it. Megan uh, made some some real noise last night when she talked about feeling so lonely and isolated at one point by the uh, British monarchy that uh, she she thought about thoughts of suicide. And that was pretty sad um, to hear that. And she teared up when she talked about it. You know, isolation, you know, just being by yourself, being told that after being able to live your life pretty much any way you wanted to in this country, you go over there and there are so many restrictions and what you can't do and what you can't do and what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And uh, 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 we don't need, you don't need to be going out with your friends. You need to do this and that and the other. And uh, I think honestly, it was a major culture shock for her, but I will say one thing. Uh, Harry uh, loves his wife. He was by her side, has been by her side, is still by her side, will never leave her side, I don't believe. Um, uh, there's a lot of love there. I mean, he and, and I think he had to make some very difficult decisions. And I don't know how difficult they were, honestly, because, you know, he was born into royalty, yes. I mean, you know, he's a royal, he'll always be one. But at the end of the day, uh, your family is what comes first. And they have a, a beautiful son and uh, I believe uh, they are about to expect baby number two, which is going to be a girl. So congratulations to them. But that was, you know what? People have been talking about it all day. National newscast, CNN, MSNBC, all the rest of them, the locals. Everybody's been talking about this interview. It was explosive. It truly was. And uh, I don't know how the monarchy is going to look after all of this is said and done. I mean, there were issues, you know, about race especially in terms of the baby, baby Archie, and, you know, things like that. And you know what? Let me just say this at the outset. Do not be at all confused or misled that prejudice is gone in this country and that the folks don't feel a certain way about, you know, certain other folks based on their genetic makeup and, uh, you know, where they come from. Uh, There is a black and there is a white. And there is an Asian and there is a Hispanic, you know, and, and there are, there is an American Indian and there are a lot of other folks in between, you know. And while things are getting better in this country in terms of, 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 of not seeing a person for their color, but for the content of their character, 
we still have a lot of folks out there who haven't grasped that concept yet. And uh, what we saw last night was a classic example. And I don't know what goes on in, in, in England. I've never been over in, in that part of the world. Uh, it looks like it's a fairly liberal country. Uh, but, uh, yeah, tough stuff. Tough stuff, man. I kind of felt kind of bad for her. And I'm bad for him. You know, you have to leave the country of your birth. And they moved all the way to the United States. And now they're living all the way in California, which is my home state, living up there near Santa Barbara. So big money up there. But, uh, uh, you know, I just pray for them. And I pray that they that they uh, they have a good life. Harry said that he had not spoken to his father in some time. He stopped taking his calls and he's not spoken with his brother, William, in quite some time. So, um, you know, you want to. You know, they're family. At the end of the day, it's all about family. So you pray that uh, they will get back together and reconcile and, you know, drop some of the foolishness and maybe change somebody's perspective. Good show tonight. My first guest, who we will talk to right after the break, someone you might have heard of. He is a rather well-known director. He has directed movies such as uh, uh, Hustle and Flow and Black Snake Moan and the remake of Footloose and uh, several other films. He has also directed a little movie that just came out over the weekend called Coming to America, as in the sequel to the original Coming to America. His name is Craig Brewer, and Craig will join me in just a few minutes. He'll be the first guest uh, after uh, our first break. We will also talk about uh, the ever-growing, ever-deepening situation of tenants and renters. But uh, fear not, there is help from the government in the tune of $28 million. And Dorcas Griffin, who is the Director of Community Services for Shelby County, will talk to us and you if you are in a situation like that and having a very difficult time making ends meet uh, to keep a roof over your head. We'll tell you how... You can do that with this program. And in the second half hour, you know, when I was coming up, they said reading is fundamental. And uh, it was then and it still is today. Uh, we will be talking with Karen Vogelsang. She is the executive director of Arise to Read. And she's going to talk to us about a, a month-long program uh, that uh, uh, that her group has sponsored, having guest readers to read to children all over the city of Memphis and how, you know, important that is and how that program is going. So, yeah, good, sh- strong show tonight. So, you know what, sit back, relax, eat your favorite, uh, you know, Chick-fil-A or whatever it is you choose to have for dinner tonight, and check out Real Talk. I'm Chip. You know who you are. We'll take a quick break, and we'll kick it all off when we come right back. Stay with us. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? or have a guest idea, then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. B.B. King talks about hard drugs. 
I believe that the younger ones are subsiding in that now. They are not, I think they're finding out that it's really no good and we're losing too many people. I think I can understand why a lot of the people have gone into drugs because so many times I've been so frustrated because I couldn't get things to work like I want them to. And this sometimes can really mess up your mind. If a guy is not using his mind and don't try to be really strong, you could really go, go into anything. It's just like they used to say about alcohol, and this I do know, that whatever problem you had when you got drunk, when you get through, you got two, because you got a hangover plus that other problem is still there. And that's the same thing I think about hard drugs. So I say, you know, it's no good. No, no good. Are you interested in sponsoring the show and want to support WYXR at the same time? To find out how, email us at sponsorships at WYXR.org. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis. I am your host, Chip Washington. Very happy to have you with us on this Monday evening. And I'm also very happy to have our first guest who uh, you may know by some of the various uh, movie titles uh, that he has helmed or directed, I should say, uh, Hustle and Flow. I love that movie, by the way, Hustle and Flow. That's one of them. Black Snake Moan is another one. Footloose is another one he's done. He's done some some TV stuff. But uh, he has a little project out that he just uh, finished that was just released over the weekend. It's uh, a sequel to a movie that came out, oh, 30-plus years ago, uh, Coming to America. And I am very happy and, and fortunate to have the director of that movie on, Mr. Craig Brewer. Craig, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm glad you're having me. So listen, man, uh, uh, you know, you've been doing this directing thing for a while now, and uh, you've had some some very successful projects. Uh, and, and I think I'll, I'll start this off at the top by asking of all of the uh, projects that uh, you have either produced or directed, uh, what stands out to you as maybe one of your favorites? Um, I can't help it. You know, it's my first. Uh, which is before Hustle and Flow, I made a movie called The Poor and Hungry. Okay. And it was a movie that I made here in town for about $20,000 that I got from, you know, uh, inheritance that my, you know, my dad died. Uh-huh. My mom gave me 20 grand. Okay. And uh, I went out and made a movie. And um, it was kind of my first. It was, it, it was, it, it was something that felt very Memphis to me. You know, I, I shot it on, Beale Street and then, you know, chop shops and dive bars. There was a there's a bar that that's now moving a little closer to Crosstown actually now called the P and H Cafe. Okay, it's over on Madison, mm-hmm. and P and H stood for poor and hungry. And wow. there was this really great lady named uh, Wanda Wilson that used to run the place, and uh, you know she had this great 
husky voice. She used to be like a long haul trucker back in the day, and like she wore <laughs> okay. curly wigs, and wow. and just the whole place had all these characters in it. And yeah. so I made like a, a Memphis love story that was set in kind of like the somewhat underground crime world of, of Memphis car theft. <laughs> wow, wow, that sounds. I'm gonna have to look that up and check that out. I really am. I I I just like the way you described that. So I'm looking forward. Yeah, to but that that was the movie that John Singleton saw. Okay. You know, and oh, that, and, that and launched uh, that. Okay, that started it for you then, right? That started it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, and and to be honest with you, I was going to make a movie after Poor and Hungry that I was going to shoot on the same video camera and cast locals in, and that sequel was called Hustle and Flow. But uh, wow. but then John Singleton saw the movie and said maybe you maybe we can get you a little bit more money with some you know name actors and uh kind of you know boost you up a bit and so that's that movie ultimately got my career started uh even though no one really knows about it except you know memphis people who've seen it that was that that now that's a great story we are speaking with uh director craig brewer and of course, you have uh, done a few projects since then. Like I said, I loved Hustle and Flow, and that was a, a local product. You're a local Memphis guy, and very, very proud of it. And uh, you know, you've you've done a few things, you know, along the way. And as uh, success has uh, started uh, to uh, to envelop you, as I would like to say, and as you started moving along, and all these other projects were coming along, and bigger budgets, bigger movies, you know, named actors and things like that that you've always managed to sort of keep your head about you uh, in terms of all of that. How difficult or easy has it been for you? Well, you know, I mean, I, I try to keep cool with, you know, celebrities. And uh, I think that's why, you know, actors like to work with me is that uh, I, I think I know how to talk to them like artists, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and I understand that, you know, actors, as much as we, you know, we put them up on a pedestal and think that, you know, well, they're not really doing anything hard. I think they're doing something really hard. I always try to explain to people, I go, you know, when someone's taking your picture and you just like me, you start like pulling your shirt out, like, okay, am I, am I, is my, my love handle showing? Like, is my, is my, you know, am I, am I in the, Am I in the right light? Yeah. You know? sure. Well, imagine like someone taking your picture 24 times a second and yeah. then everything that you do in that moment is going to be forever. And, and millions of people are going to see the choices that you made on that day. It's a vulnerable place for actors to be. So I like to, I like to be a calming presence with it all and try to try to get their best performance out of them. But, you know, I, 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 you know, in looking at myself, you know, I, I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of times that things haven't gone well in my career and, and, uh, and there's a lot of, lot of projects that almost happen, you know, Hollywood is kind of like a place where you work a lot on something and then suddenly for whatever reason, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And yeah. luckily, you know, in the last couple of years, ever since I started working on empire, yeah. Uh, you know, things started happening with me. And the first thing that happened was, you know, Eddie called me up and said, do you want to do this movie? Dolomite is my name. And uh, and that, that kind of got our relationship going. Well, I, 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 t I tell you what, you know, I mean, to me, the most interesting stories about actors and movies are the stories that we don't hear uh, much about that, that that folks who don't do 
that for a living don't hear a lot about, which is basically what you shared. You know, they at the end of the day, they are people, too. And, you know, I mean, there is an art, I would imagine, to communicating, uh, you know, with them. I mean, like mega stars like Eddie and and, and and a few others that I can name that you've worked with, Terrence Howard and, 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 and several others, um, to being able to work with them, to be able to get them to trust you, not only as a director, but just but just as a person, you know, who who's really looking um, to not only make a good project, but make them look good as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's... Um it's an interesting dance because sometimes it's nice. Sometimes <laughs> it's heated, yeah, 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, Terrence Howard is, I mean, I love that man like a brother. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we argue like it. <laughs> There's a, you know, there was a day on That's empire. Yeah. Right. Right. There was a day on empire where he and I were yelling at each other and I was arguing with him and, and he was looking at the crew because, you know, I was just, a, you know, I'm just a directing an episode of his show and they'd never seen the director really kind of like, you know, get into it with Terrence. Get his face a little bit. Terrence, <laughs> Terrence just stopped everybody and said, hey, y'all need to understand that Craig and I like love each other like brothers and this is just how we do. And so it's all good. <laughs> there you go. We got everybody, got everybody calmed down after that. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Don't worry. We're good. Don't we're worry. Good. We're, we're, we're how good. We do it. Absolutely. We are visiting with uh, Mr. Craig Brewer, uh, director and 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 before i I move on a a program note uh the show talking memphis uh comes on after my show and craig will be on talking memphis tonight live at uh, seven o'clock this evening so uh don't uh change the dial after you listen to my show Hang on, he's gonna be down here, and uh, they're gonna have a good time with uh, with uh, JB and and, and Robbie. Uh, I, I would like to ask uh, because uh, I, I guess the story changes depending on who you ask. But how difficult is it to do a sequel, a uh, film sequel, especially uh, from a film that was uh, so popular uh, the first time around? Well, I mean, it's both difficult and real easy. I mean, it's easy in the in the sense that we've got a lot of the same artists from before. Mm-hmm. And they all wanted to get together and do something. It's it's difficult because um, you kind of have to be okay that it's going to be a bumpy ride with uh, with just expectation because you know everybody can come up with their own idea as to what a follow up should be. Okay, you know, right, right. And, and then what happens is that it just kind of settles into place where people go, okay, well, this is, this is, this is their idea of what a follow up to something. It's even more, I think, challenging with something that is 33 years. Yes. Yes. After the original movie. Yes. Because if you want to tap into some of the rhythm and attitude of that original movie, well, you know, 33 three years has passed and some things don't work and some things may seem like a little bit goosed or, or, you know, uh, you know, heightened, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you also want to sprinkle in something for a new generation to get involved in. And, and in our case we wanted, you know, my, our goal was, you know, can we get some young people, you know, to, to actually know what coming to America was, and uh, you know, and that's, that's what I always kind of like find interesting is that there's some people that think like, well, what do you mean your son hasn't seen Star Wars? And it's like, well, you know, but there's, 
it's it's true. Sometimes you know you can you you get younger people and they're not they're not into they're not into what we were into. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and uh, and so you got to kind of like walk this line a little bit of um, you know how much are you going to keep from that original source material and how much are you going to bring something fresh to it or new? Yeah. I, 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 I had a chance to check it out over the weekend and I actually thought it was pretty good, but you know, for me, it was all about the nostalgia, which is what you just were referring to. Uh, I mean, you know, I was around when the first one came out and, uh, you know, just seeing those <laughs> some of those faces again, and uh, those characters, and we've all aged uh, thirty plus years, and you know, since yeah. the first one, you know, and uh, how how um, easy were they to work with? I mean, Eddie seems obviously, you know, he and Arsenio and the uh, the you know the improvising uh, deal. Was there a lot of that on this movie, or did they stay fairly true to it script wise? Well, definitely in some scenes they 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 really improvise, and I and I allowed them to do a lot of that. Okay. Um, okay. Some of my favorite lines actually in the movie were, you know, off the dome from like Leslie Jones. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's this moment where she asked somebody at the table, like, why are these mashed potatoes black? And they go, well, that's caviar. And she goes, what? And they go caviar. And then her son <laughs> says, it's caviar mom. And she goes, Oh, you know, our cousins named that. And like <laughs> things like that would just come up. And then we all like, you know, laugh and ruin the take and then we'd have yeah, to do it again. Do it all over again. Uh, I know that, I know that, uh, Arsenio Hall, <laughs> I, 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 this is, this is where Eddie and Arsenio, their timing is just so perfect Yeah, where they don't skip a beat. I didn't know what Eddie was going to say in the barbershop scene. I was like, guys, we got to like basically fill this moment with something until Akeem walks into the door. Uh-huh. So just, just start saying something. And I said, action. And then Eddie goes, you know, I only like red bone girls, you know, and then, and then Arsenio's character, Morris goes, well, see, that's where we part. I like my women black. I like my women so black that when you make love, you need a flashlight. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) and I was like, how does their mind work? Where where I had no idea they would go (laughs) in any sort of direction like that. And now it's like, it's in the movie forever. And, and it's like, that's, that's what, that's what happens when you get like, you know, it's, it's like when you see two athletes that are really good together, yeah, you know, exactly. they're just laying up shots, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, Eddie yeah. and Arsenio have been doing it for 30, 30 more than 30 years, yeah, you know? Absolutely. And so they just have this rhythm of being able to come up with things right off the top of their head that land as if it's been in a script, right. but they're pretty precise. They come in and they, they, they know their lines and they, they do stick to the script, but man, sometimes they, they come up with some gems. I like a girl so black you need a flashlight to see it. Well, <laughs> that's pretty good. Anyway, we're going to end on that. Craig Brewer, thank you so much for... <laughs> a good ending. It's <laughs> an excellent ending. And listen, if you, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear more, Craig will be on Talking Memphis live in about 30 minutes uh, with the fellas uh, right here on uh, 91.7 WYXR. So I'm sure he'll have a lot of uh, gems uh, for us all to enjoy. Craig Brewer, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to visit with us, and I hope it won't be the last time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Okay. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, Craig Brewer, uh, director extraordinaire, joined us as our first guest. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about uh, how you can get in on some 
major dollars that have been uh, given to the city of Memphis, the county of Shelby, in reference uh, to the renter situation uh, and uh, living situation out there. So stay with us. This is Real Talk. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. You're listening to Real Talk with Chip Washington. If you're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, or special occasion, shoot him a note and he'll read it on the air. Get involved and tell somebody about Real Talk. We'll be right back. Hi, this is the big O, Otis Redding. I was just standing here thinking about you. Thought I'd write a song about you and dedicate it to you. Take a listen. If you didn't go back to school this year, you're really not groovy. Maybe you feel that school is a drag, it just don't move you. But did you ever think about how square you look standing in an employment line because school didn't interest you? You're really hard to think about it. Without an education, you could only be a tramp. No guy shoes, no haircut, just plain old country. Don't worry about the fellas on the corner calling you green because you're betting your future condition. It's really hard to think about. And furthermore, tell them that oldest red and say you're very wise because you'll be at the top when they get there. And if they make it, when they get there, if they make it, when they get there, if they make it, you really ought to think about it. Think about it, really ought to think about it. Hi, this is William Bell. I'd like to talk to the teenagers about the dropout problem. You'll earn more money in the long run by staying in school and getting a high school diploma. Stay in school. Don't be a dropout. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk. Chip Washington here on this Monday evening, March 8th, 2021. So happy to have you with us and so happy to have my next guest with me. She's becoming a regular. I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to rent out some space for you or get you a chair or something. So when we start doing this in person thing, you, you always have a spot. <laughs> Look, it's always something going on, so I'm always happy to be here. Absolutely. Uh, we are speaking with uh, my friend, Ms. Dorcas Griffin. She is the director of the Division of Community Services for Shelby County. And uh, she's here. Last time she was here, she almost set us up for what she felt was going to come uh, in terms of emergency relief for so many uh, dealing with rent and utility issues. And uh, uh, now we are uh, very happy to have her here to talk about the COVID emergency rent and utility program. Hello, my friend. Thank you for coming back on the show. I appreciate you. 
Hello, hello, Chip. I'm glad, glad to be here with you and glad to be here with your listeners. And super excited that um, what we talked about before has now come to pass. Um, just want to let the listening audience know that we have, uh, as of March 1st, opened the portal to accept applications for our COVID-19 Emergency Rental and Utility Assistance Program. Okay. Um, it is a program um, that we have worked in coordination with the city of Memphis to roll out. Um, and so um, it reflects about $28 million that was allocated from the federal government to both Shelby County government and the city of Memphis to help those residents who have been impacted by COVID um, to help them pay rent and their utilities. Um, we know that many people were significantly have been and continue to be significantly impacted yes. because of COVID. Yes. Um, yes. Whether that's a job loss, whether that is hours being cut, or whether that's just getting ill and not being able to work, it has really done a number on many of our neighbors and friends. Now before and so you, we, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 go no, ahead. You go right no, on. No, no. I was going to ask you, you know, and, and, and having said that, I know in talking in the past, I could actually hear in your voice, um, this has been a difficult journey for so many, you know, and I hear you on, you know, uh, you know, task force calls and everything, always concerned about the citizens, um, the great need that has, that has really been had and, and, and we, we, we blame COVID because COVID has been responsible for it. And I know that uh, this $28 million infusion uh, to be able to help so many really, really makes you feel good. Oh, my goodness. It really does. It really does. So, I mean, I've talked about community services before, but this work really is um, ministry in a lot of ways for me. Mm -hmm. um, like I, there is, I understand separation of church and state and I'm clear on that, but I'm also a preacher's kid at heart. Right, right, and so right. anytime that you can um, be supportive to people um, meeting their needs and getting out of a crisis yeah. or just giving some hope, like that is, that's powerful work. And this money represents hope for a lot of people. Uh, we People were already on the fringes and on edge before COVID. Yes. And so we know that COVID has only exacerbated that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, I think one thing that I really want to make clear, I talk a lot about the residents that need help, but landlords. We, we think about landlords as like these big, um, faceless, nameless companies, but there are a lot of mom and pop small families that are renting out properties, sure. and they haven't received payment since March of last year. Yeah. And that is a significant burden on landlords. And so we're hopeful that through this program, not only residents will apply, but landlords will be able to, to apply in partnership with their tenants. So that we can make sure that the dual benefit of people staying stably housed and landlords getting income is met. We are talking with uh, Dorcas Griffin. She is the director of the Division of Community Services for Shelby County. And Dorcas, before we get too too far into this thing here, uh, tell folks what they need to do, how they need to apply, and and uh, and get them on their way. Absolutely. So we have created um, an online application 
um, you can go to home901.org forward slash COVID dash resources, and you will be taken straight to the page and portal for you to do an application. All of the documentation that you may need in terms of income, um, a picture of your lease, you can take pictures and upload that from that application. Um, If you need help, if you are having a difficult time, um, you also can call 211, and we have folks that are working in partnership with us at 211 that can help talk you through applications. Um, And we are also working on having um, people set up throughout the community to be able to help people with applications. Stay tuned on that, but that is, that will um, be stood up pretty soon. That, that's a, that's a, an incredible amount of resources uh, for those who are in such desperate need uh, in order to, to be able to function, you know, just on a daily basis. Uh, before you go, because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of moving a little, 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 little behind schedule here, I want you to give that information, the contact information, one more time to folks uh, so they can contact you all. Absolutely. So first, go to home901.org forward slash COVID dash resources. And there you will find the application. And you'll also find information about all the questions that you may have about the program. Um, You also can call 211. Just dial 211, mm-hmm. and that's any resident of Shelby County. Call 211, and they will be able to direct you and help you through um, the application process as well if you're having trouble online. Please, I mean, my last words I will say is please, 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 um, if you need help, if you have family or friends or neighbors that need help, please have them to apply. We want to make sure that we do everything we possibly can to get people on their feet. There is light at the end of the tunnel. We see that with the vaccine. We see um, the numbers going down. We are working towards um, just a, a good end. And I know that this money will be something that will help us to the finish line as well so that people can get on their feet, get healthy, and we can just be restored as a community again. Well, as a preacher's kid, amen to that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And I really, more importantly, appreciate the work that you do every day for so many. Dorcas Griffin, thank you so much for taking some time. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks. Take care. You too. All right. All right. Well, listen, uh, for those of you who need help, help is here. Help is on the way. Uh, So please take advantage of that situation. And if you can't uh, get online, call 211. They will be happy to help you. One last quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about just how fundamental reading really is with my friend, Ms. Karen Vogelstein. This is Real Talk. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Talk. 
WYXR. Yo, it's that boy Cortez. Stop whatever you're doing right now, wherever you're at right now, and pay attention and listen up. WYXR 91.7 Memphis, we are here. Hey, the party's on. It's lit. Let's get to it. Support for WYXR comes from Crosstown Brewery. Now available, the Studio Session IPA, raised by sound, was brewed in collaboration with WYXR. A percentage of all sales benefit our station. For more information, visit crosstownbrewery.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk. Chip Washington here, your host on this Monday evening. Uh, been a really, really good show. I've enjoyed myself so far. And, you know, when I was coming up, uh, there was an old slogan that was uh, said, um, and it was really drilled into our head. Reading is fundamental. Reading is fundamental. We're going to get into that in just a second. but And it is fundamental and fundamental. Uh, on the phone with me right now is Karen Vogelsang. She is the executive director of Arise to Read. And Karen, welcome back to Real Talk. Thank you so much, Chip. Such a pleasure. Well, listen, uh, you uh, reached out to me, and I thought this was a wonderful thing that you're doing. I know how committed you are. You're a teacher, and academics you know, is, is, is very important to you and the education of our young people. Uh, and yeah. uh, you, you started to talk to me about this program, this reading program that you all are doing, uh, which is which is a part of the title of your of your organization. But you sort of taking it to another level and uh, tell our, yeah. our listeners about that. Sure. So, um, you know, Read Across America is um, celebrated on March the 2nd. And um, we decided, basically what happened was in the month of February, we wanted to really highlight some local Memphis authors. We have some amazing Memphis authors that are writing children's books. Okay. And the things just didn't, you know, the stars didn't line up in the month of February. And one of our staff members said, well, why don't you do it in the month of March? during Read Across America. And it was like, oh, man, that's a great idea. So we decided to do a little twist and say Read Across Memphis, and we wanted to get just local Memphians, authors, non-authors, everybody from the mayor to we've got a state senator coming on board, we've got um, pilots, we've got doctors, we've got nurses, firemen, police officers, a Memphis zookeeper, to just come on board and read a story that they connected with, whether it's because it was a story that was a favorite of theirs when they were a child, or it's a story that they enjoy reading to their children. And then not only to just sort of share that story with folks out there in the Memphis Shelby County community, but then to also talk about how important it is 
uh, to read, no matter what you want to do. So this Wednesday night, we've got a student reading along with three University of Memphis football players just talking about that it doesn't matter what you want to do, you have to be a great reader. So we have um, so many people that have been interested in partnering with us to do this that we'll be carrying it into the month of April. Oh wow, that's even that's even better. And uh, if you guys are just tuning in out there, we're speaking with Karen Vogelsang. She is the executive director of Arise to Read uh, here in Memphis and Shelby County. And, and 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 just by what you said about having so many uh, people uh, serve as guest readers, mentors in, in in a way, how rewarding is that for you? In terms, oh my of, gosh. in terms of well, this program. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I noticed when I was a teacher, Chip, teaching first through fourth grades is that oftentimes that I would ask the children, you know, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And sure. I had a little girl one time tell me that she wanted to be a dry cleaner because her mother worked in a dry cleaning store. And Chelsea was incredibly smart. And not that I didn't want her to realize her dreams, but the potential that she had was so much greater than working in a dry cleaning store. And oftentimes I had children tell me they wanted to be a football player, basketball player, a cheerleader, Mm. you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. But very rarely did I ever hear that one of my students wanted to be a pilot or a zookeeper or the mayor or a senator or anything like that. And so one of the goals that we had in putting this all together is that we wanted the people that we're going to be reading to share a little bit about their profession and expose our children in the community to all the different professions that are just right here underneath our own umbrella. They don't ever have to leave Shelby County. They can stay right here, be great readers, and they can pursue whatever dream they have. But in order for a child to pursue a dream, right, they kind of have to know a little bit about those opportunities are out there. So that's why we decided that we just wanted to reach out to folks, um, you know, like I said, whether it's an author uh, pilot, policeman, zookeeper. We wanted to be able to have different folks come on board and talk about their professions. And regardless of their profession, of course, it doesn't matter what you want to do. You have to be a great reader. So reading is, is just like you said at the beginning of the show. It's absolutely fundamental. But we also want children to see that it's fun. And when you hear a lot of our readers and the excitement that they have in reading and sharing the stories that they're sharing, you can just see the enjoyment that they have with reading. And many times our children don't have opportunities to read pleasure for a variety of reasons. So we just wanted to bring that pleasure, you know, into a platform like this that would be accessible for many children, especially since all of our children in Shelby County now have access to devices and uh, internet connections. Absolutely that. And, you know, based on uh, you, the, the great uh, amount of, of, of success and interest uh, in it this year, uh, I'm sure that next year uh, not only will be easier, uh, but you might have even more people to want to be involved and stretch this thing out uh, uh, even further. But I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago, because it, it, it really is interesting when you were teaching and you asked uh, children what they wanted to be when they grew up and you know they gave you sort of some modest you know titles and things like that or or modest goals I should say um, you know and 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 this kind of a program encourages you um, to be dream big to be whatever it yeah. is that you want to be but you know you have to be able to put in the work you have to be able to read you have to be able to do other things talk a little bit about that I think that's that's really important 
Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't, um, it really doesn't matter what you want to do. I mean, if you think about it, it, you know, I would often ask my, a lot of my boys would tell me, especially my first and second grade boys, that they wanted to, to, to play pro sports, whether sure. that was basketball yeah. or football. Absolutely. And I said, okay. So I said, um, well, do you, to get to pro sports, you got to go to college. And, you know, their eyes would get really big. Yeah. And I would say, you know, and then if you want to play pro sports, you got to sign a contract. So I would find a, you know, a contract on my computer and I would project it on the smart board and I would show them all these pages that they would have to read and their eyes would pop out of their head. <laughs> I would ask them, how many, how many boys and girls out there, how, how many of you want to drive? And of course, all of their hands would go up. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, you got to take a driving test. And they're like, Miss V, what? Yeah. I got to take a driving test? Mm-hmm. You know, so their eyes would pop out of their head. So what I tried to instill in them was it didn't matter what they wanted to do. They had to be able to read. And I always told them that that job, that ability started right now. So whether they were in my first grade classroom or my fourth grade classroom, I said, when do you think you need to be able to do this? Well, so I can graduate from high school. No, that's the wrong answer. You need to be able to do that right now. Your work starts right now, so let's get to it. And so that that was what I wanted the children that I taught. And in my 15 years in the classroom, I spent most of my years um, at my beloved Keystone Elementary in the Raleigh-Fraser area. Mm-hmm. And I just told my, my kiddos that it didn't matter what you wanted to do. You had to be a really good reader, and that work started right now. And I think the other thing, Chip, to answer that question is that We've got to make sure that our children have the opportunity to read for pleasure. And I'll just share a really quick story. There's a young man named Zachary. Uh He was in my third and fourth grade class. And when he came into my third grade classroom, he did not like reading. But I found out that he loved all things Western, um, cowboys, riding horses, the whole nine yards. Well, he recently reached out to me. He's now in, in early high school. And he reached out to me, and he said, hey, Miss V, do you remember me? And I said, yeah, of course. Of course I remember you, Zach. And, um, but what I did for Zachary when he was in my classroom was I was like, he didn't like reading. So I found all books that I could and working with my librarian at my school to find books about a topic that he loved to read. And last week he posted, or something recently he posted, was he wants to be an equine vet, and he's riding horses now. And it's just like if we can find out, if we can connect with our students and find out what it is that they love, what, we're, what they're passionate about, and help provide them with reading materials that connect to that passion so that they will read, then the possibilities are endless. They really they're are. absolutely endless. They really are. Well, you know what? I am just, first of all, um, I I am so happy that uh, you came back on the show uh, because I I love hearing the excitement about what you do in your voice. It is genuine. It is real. And there is a real passion that you have uh, for our young people, you know, as do I. And and I just want to thank you not only for what you do. Uh, on a daily basis, but but to, for really keeping hopes and dreams alive of our young people because they are our future, and we have they to start. Are. We have to start now. And uh, so that's exactly right. Karen Vogelstein, thank you so much for taking some time. Thank you, Chip. And I'm going to be reaching out to you to do some reading for us. Reach out. We, I love doing that. Okay, last, last, you know I'll do it. <laughs> last time I read before a classroom of kids, you know, all the girls wanted to marry me after. They all sent me little notes <laughs> and, and everything. And they were like, you know, oh, we love you, Mr. Chip. You know, I was like, I had, 
I had a better time than they did. It was fun. It really had a good time. I know. It is a lot of fun. So get ready. You're going to hear from me tomorrow. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Karen, have a good Thank night. Thank you, Chip. Bye. I really appreciate it. You do the same. Take Thanks care. again. All right. Bye-bye. You too. All Bye-bye. Right. Well, that was a great way to end the show. I, I really enjoyed uh, talking to her. She's, she's a very enthusiastic and passionate about what she does. This has been a good show. And speaking of good shows, Talking Memphis is a good show, and it follows Real Talk, which is about, oh, three and a half, four minutes from now. A uh, very special guest uh, will be you know, in, in, in the house uh, tonight, Mr. Craig Brewer, the director of many movies and uh, episodic television episodes, as well as the current coming to America. I had a great conversation with him earlier, and thank the guys for setting that up for me. Really, really appreciate it. But don't touch that dial. Stay where you are. And as Marquette plays me out, you know, uh, really, again, thanks to all. Craig Brewer, thanks to uh, Dorcas Griffin, thanks to Karen Vogelsang for all being on this show. They don't have to do it. I ask, and uh, they're gracious enough to give me their time. And for you out there who have been gracious enough to give me your time for the last hour, thank you so much. Uh, Real Talk Memphis is not only a radio show, it's a podcast. So uh, you can find it under WYXR, or you can find it under Real Talk Memphis uh, with Chip. I've, I've tried them both ways, and they actually pop up when you do that. So uh, very grateful and thankful for that opportunity. Uh, so uh, wherever you get your podcast, check it out. Uh, Craig Brewer just walked in the studio. So before I leave, I'm telling him to his face right now, I'm, I'm getting the picture. I'm getting the photo. I'm getting the photo. He's like laughing at me like, seriously, really? You know? <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much for uh, being a part of the audience tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And as I always say, love each other, care for each other, support, encourage, motivate. Okay, lift. Don't push. And if the Lord says so, I'll be back here, same time, same station. I'm Chip, and I'm out.